0: Welcome to episode 20 of Collector's Quest. Today we have a very special guest. We speak to Dane Anderson, creator of Nintendo Age and Sega Age. And if you're not familiar with what Nintendo Age is, it is a forum, but it's more than that. It's one of the single best repositories of Nintendo collecting information on the web, a community where a lot of big collectors got their start, including myself. So if you haven't been there, be sure to go and check it out. Thanks, and stay tuned.
1: Welcome back to another edition of Collector's Quest. I'm Kat here with Johnny.
0: Hey, Kat. Good morning or afternoon for you?
1: <laughs> yes, afternoon here, morning for you. How's it going?
0: It's going pretty well. I'm, you know, been traveling for work, so it's it's kind of been a long week. A lot of uh, a lot of driving through traffic, I'm like five hours a day in the car. So I'm excited for the weekend.
1: Oh well, this is a good time to decompress and uh, record. And we also have a guest today.
0: We do have a guest, a guest I'm really excited about. It's important because it is the creator and leader of Nintendo Age. It's Dane Anderson. Hey, Dane, are you with us?
2: Yeah, I sure am. How are you guys doing?
1: Good, very good.
0: I'm good as well. Thank you for asking. And how are you this morning?
2: I'm doing great. Thank you guys for having me today.
0: Uh, really pumped that you're on. Thank you for coming on.
2: Hey, my pleasure.
0: Dane, we know you as, you know, the evil overlord over at Nintendo Age. You're the creator and that's been going on for how long? Ten years, Nintendo Age.
2: <clears throat> Coming this August, it'll actually be ten years that we've had the site open. Yeah. Technically, though, if if you really look at you know the numbers, we've actually had the site developed for fifteen years, but we just didn't release it for the first five.
0: <laughs> oh, really? Was it uh, what? It, so was it like a, a private site that only you and a few people were on, or was it just something where you had the the name locked up and w- wasn't wasn't public yet?
2: Well, we had the name locked up and then we actually let it expire and then we kind of had to jump through a couple of hoops to get the name again. But basically over on Nest World, there's another collector by the name of uh, National Game Depot. He and I, you know, went back and forth and decided we wanted to build a little more robust search engine, you know, to catalog games and whatnot. And we basically built the entire site back in 2001 and I, I literally sat on it for five years and one day we were talking over the phone and he said, you know what? Why don't you just release it? And, you know, who cares what people think? Just get it out there and we'll sort of, as we go. And that's basically how the site actually started.
0: Uh, That's interesting because I didn't find it until 2007, I think I found it. And I do this thing where uh, I lurk on a site for uh, like long periods of time before I I do anything, even like create an account. Um, I I feel like a lot of times if uh, if a site has a lot of activity and a lot of, conversation going on if I don't have anything you know extra to add to that I don't just need to uh, keep saying what's being said in the thread so
2: Uh, so I'm I'm actually curious if you're one of the people what we did is I think around 2008 or 2009 we actually shut off the forum to non-members because we were getting a lot of you know trolls and spammers and whatnot and so during 2009 our, our membership completely you know quadrupled you know just basically overnight because people couldn't read the threads anymore unless they joined, so. Yeah,
0: that, yeah, if you look, that's when I came back in. Uh, my, I think okay. my join date is 2009. After that. Excellent. And then, uh, yeah, and then out of that was born Sega Age, and that was, what, 2010 that came out?
2: You know, I actually don't even remember. It's probably around that time. Uh, <laughs> I haven't had a huge hand in, in managing Sega Age. I sort of left it to a couple of guys and said, hey, run with it. And they have.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm a moderator over there. So I've been over there since uh, the first week, I think, of Sega Age, and that's uh, I kind of jumped away from Nintendo Age and over to there. And then I know you guys, after Sega Age, kind of reeled in PlayStation Collected. How did that get put under the umbrella? Because I know that was being independently run by someone else, right?
2: Yes, um, PlayStation Collecting was originally developed by Shord Routen, a guy out of the Netherlands, and. He goes by Zed on the forums. Essentially, uh, he ran it for the longest time, and, and one day we just sort of decided to add it to, you know, the, the landscape of the age sites, if you will. And uh, a couple of years passed by, and he just kind of got to the point where he didn't really want to maintain it anymore. And so we we co-owned it for a, a few years, and then finally this last year, I I finally bought out uh, the remaining you know, portion of his portion, if you will, of the site, and so. Um, and we're actually getting ready to rename it to PlayStation Age. Oh, nice! <laughs> Everyone's going to start laughing, but we are.
0: <laughs> so. Well, I mean, it makes sense, like for branding purposes, right?
2: Well, actually, I let the guys on the site decide. Oh, really? I, I, I will secure the domain if if that's what you guys want to call, it. and they all agreed that moving forward, they think it'll actually help the site. So
0: uh, I I would tend to agree with that. That there's no confusion, like you got Nintendo Age, you got Sega Age, and then you're like PlayStation Collecting. Okay doesn't quite roll off the tongue as well?
2: It doesn't. uh, But, yeah, so that's – we actually made that decision last year, and I'm actually in the process of making the final touches, and we're going to go ahead and put that up probably in the next couple of weeks.
0: That's pretty awesome. Yeah, I did did not know that. I am uh, not as active on PlayStation collecting, so I – like, I go over there occasionally because I do have some PlayStation stuff. I'm an RPG guy, so, um, you know, I, I head over there occasionally when I have a question. Uh, but not, not as often as Sega Age, which is where I, I feel like my base is, even though I'm more of a yep. Nintendo guy personally, like, uh, as a collector, though I, I have a lot of, you know, I have everything Sega, uh, but, uh, my, my heart is more Nintendo, I should say.
2: Well, the way I describe Sega Age to people is, it, it's sort of like the community feel of Nintendo Age back in 2006. It hasn't grown to a really big site. You don't have, you know, you know, a super large user base, uh, people who, you know, you, you sort of have that community feel, if you will. Sega Age is kind of where Nintendo Age was basically 10 years ago, in my opinion. Uh,
0: yeah, and I would agree. Like, I saw some of the parallels of, like, Nintendo Age when I first started just viewing it versus uh, when I joined and what it is now, where Sega Age was when I first started. It was awesome. We had, like, some, especially when it first came out, we had some really dedicated guys, and. You know, we did some community projects. I did the, uh, the cardboard list that I did actually was yep. born out of, out of a Sega Age project. Um, uh, you know, and then some guys were on and off the wagon. So I just took charge of the whole thing and then finished it up, but we did a really good catalog of all the Sega CD games, which hadn't been done. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of investigation into uh, what it is to collect in depth into Sega, which you don't, which you don't get a lot of places. You now people say, Oh, Sega. Sega 16 or whatever, the, those guys are more gamers, I feel like, and Sega Age is more of a house for, I mean, I obviously like the game, but uh, they want in-depth collector uh, information. They want to dig into, hey, these are the Canadian variants of of the system, and here's what all the pack are. You know, they want to get to that uh, granular level versus, you know, just playing the games.
2: Sure. And that's actually how Nintendo Age really started, and in, 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 in many respects, I sort of dropped the ball a little bit on Hunter. Flesh out the, you know, the game database. But what I realized, you know, the more I got into it, it's, it's really an exercise in futility. No no matter how many layers of abstraction that you add to, you know, trying to track this or track that, there's, there's another layer that uncovers itself, you know, within a year, two years. And so I finally just threw up my hands and said, you know what? I'm just going to let it be organic and let people contribute to it as, as they will. And, uh, you know, cause it's, it's really hard to quantify any of these systems yet. Uh, 20 years from now, sure, but right now, we're actually making discoveries every single year. I mean, we're finding new hang tab boxes, you know, new screw variants, we're finding, you know, it's, it's just, it never ends really with all the different variants that, you know, keep surfacing and types of variants. I'm sure you know <laughs> what I'm talking
0: uh yeah, absolutely. I you know, when I started in the cardboard project, uh, it was insane to me to think that like, oh hey, no one ever listed all the games that came in a cardboard box.
2: That seems so how easy. Hard,
0: <laughs> yeah. How hard could that be? Right. Like, Sega should have a list. Nope. <laughs> nope, not at all. There's no like
2: No, there's and then it, you know it, it's funny you mentioned lists because I actually contacted Nintendo um uh, a long time ago, this uh, uh Nintendo of Canada contacted me to basically verify who they were so that they could uh, list a bunch of really high-end sealed games on eBay. And so I said, well, yeah, I'll help you out with that. I said, in return, what I would like from you is a concrete list of every released NES game in every region. And the guy said, well, I, I think I could probably get that information for you, which of course he never did. But I think it comes down to they don't even have that information. It's just, it just doesn't seem to exist as far as I can tell. So.
0: No, it, it, it definitely, it doesn't. I mean, think about what d- databases looked like back then. Uh, you yep. know, it was the 80, 80s and early 90s. It's not like everybody was uh, had generic Excel knowledge and was just like, oh, let me just put that in a computer and put it on a list. Right. It was a different time
2: period, right? Oh, definitely.
0: So, uh, yeah, no, I found with the Sega stuff, like, you know, they would just get issued orders to their plants or, you know, uh, different factory allocations and when you have like four or five different factories spitting out games you know you get a they got a range of like here's how you can release it like a company could say oh we want a you know a less expensive release let's do cardboard on this one but you know that came down to an individual PO discussion uh, right. on how those games were <laughs> were to be bundled when they were filling these orders for second and third prints or sometimes first prints um which is insane like there's no record of any of that, and that led me down a pretty large rabbit hole. Then it was like, oh, there's cardboard box variant types. Okay, there's a variant when it came out of the Mexico plant versus the U.S. plant versus the Japan plant. Like, the uh, like just the packing material inside of it, like what came with a poster or an insert, uh, it came down to an insane level, and I, I agree. Like, I had to just cut it off and say, here's the basic list, here's, here's <laughs> what I feel like all the major variants are, all these ones I feel like are too minor, or I'm just not gonna invest the time into that because that's, uh, that's a full-time job. And it, to to who to who will that really apply? To like four guys who really care to that level, those guys are gonna have to do the work themselves. Sorry.
2: Yeah, I agree. I you guess that's, that's fair.
0: Yeah, uh, it's a uh, like cat. Like for instance, like you have all those Nintendo boxes with the Mattel logo. Yes. Now, just imagine that, like. It, you know, you get some of that action on Sega cardboard games down to, like, oh, this one has this seal and this one doesn't. Why? No one knows, and there's no one to ask, either. That's the problem. Like, there's no one to, like, hey, can I just ask you? Yeah. No one exists for for that, especially for Sega, since, you know, especially Sega, they are far more defunct uh, than Nintendo in, in that realm.
1: Well, that's fair. No. So. And I'm kind of curious, as obviously, before Nintendo age, there had to be a love of gaming, which led into a love of collecting. So I'm kind of curious to know when this all started for you.
2: Well, you know, with a lot of people in the retro scene, you know, it all started in our childhood. You know, we, we grew up with video gaming systems. Uh, you know, I, I vaguely recall having a Pong system that my father bought. And, you know, the, you know this, there's a segue into the Atari 2600. And then, you know, in the mid 80s, I think it was 86 when I got my first, you know, Nintendo system. So for me, you know, I I grew up with video games, but specifically why I built Nintendo Age, it's a little bit, you know, it's more of a sad story because, you know, I was trying to, I think for me, trying to fill a void. You know, my parents, you know, got divorced when I was younger. I, I played my Nintendo through their divorce. You know, it's one of these things that brought me joy in a time that was really not a very good place to be. So. You know, that's, you know, kind of the nuts and bolts of my background with, you know, video gaming and that it just was something happy in an otherwise kind of miserable childhood. (laughs) I know that sounds terrible. It's true. Uh,
0: Yeah. No, I I can relate to that. Yeah.
2: And so, you know, you know, from there, essentially, um, like, like I told you before, I, I tabled the site for years really out of just a lack of confidence. I didn't think it was very good and. I didn't really feel like I had the, the self esteem at the time to really take a huge amount of criticism. So for me, it was, you know, do I want to release the site and open myself to the whole internet? <laughs> and it's the internet hate machine. Yeah. <laughs> internet. And so what I did is the, the most important thing about Nintendo Age still to this day for me is that I do every single thing on the site for me first. And anyone else who wants it or enjoys it, I'm I'm thrilled about that. But I, I make every single decision based on what I personally want. And I know that sounds selfish, but if I don't, you know, if I if I kinda go with the, the sway of the internet machine, I think it makes me terribly unhappy. <laughs> so <laughs> that's just kind of the, the truth that I've you know held the whole time essentially.
1: Well, and it's easier to be passionate about something and continue to be passionate about something when you're doing it to make yourself happy first and then in relation, it makes everybody else happy because they enjoy what you're doing.
2: Right, right. You know, I have a, I, We have a collection tool on the site, which, you know, it, it's not perfect. it's It's average in my opinion, but it's exactly what I wanted in a collection machine and I use it religiously. And so it's one of these things where I built that for me to manage my own collection. And if anyone else wants to use it, hey knock yourself out if you don't like it tough toenails you know go build your own so and anyway
0: yeah. oh that i i think that's important uh you know as collectors collector collecting is usually like an individual hobby too right you're doing it for you you know it's the eclect- <laughs> uh collection of uh you know physical goods you know end over end continuously and like, I don't buy these games for anyone else. I buy them for me. I buy them because they make me happy. So I think if, you know, I don't collect for, for the internet or for Instagram or for the forums. So it makes sure. sense that something, you know, you were collecting, you built something for your collection to add, to add a, a layer to it. So that, that doesn't, that doesn't strike me as selfish or anything. You built something and, uh, you know, selfish or not seems to be working out, right? <laughs>
2: Well, yeah, Did and it was – to like
0: the site.
2: You know, the other, you know, sub-purpose of the site was to draw out other collectors. You know, I, I was bidding against a lot of guys during, you know, that period of time on eBay. And, you know, it was just the same guys over and over again that I kept bidding against. We were just literally charging each other a fortune, you know. And so um, by building the site, I you know, I, I, I started contacting people I was competing against on eBay back in the day when you could actually see who you were bidding against. Oh uh, yeah! I started inviting him to the site, and so what I was able to do—I don't know if you guys know who Braveheart is. Uh,
0: yeah, I know Braveheart.
2: Well, he and I probably cost each other thousands of dollars in the mid, you know, uh, the two thousands <laughs> on games that we otherwise could have just said, "Okay, you take this one; I'll grab next one." <laughs> so it, it 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 allowed me to also draw a lot of the collectors out into the open, you know, get you know see what other people are collecting, you know, make contacts, run trades. And I I think really even to this day that's what's been really advantageous about the site is being able to be a focal point for a lot of these collectors to come together and, and do trades and whatnot.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I know it was beneficial for me, and that's actually what um, was one of the key components to me finally joining. Um, I, I wanted to make some trades, like I was. It's like okay, I actually have to have a name on here to to go ahead and make these trades. I mean, I was a little worried because, especially back then, you know, the Internet, there was a, a lot less transparency and, like, uh, trading what Nintendo H had was pretty awesome. Uh, the fact that there was, like, a feedback tool and a trade tool built into the site. So you you had, a like, a layer of confidence that you didn't get uh, through other just random Internet trades back in the day. Yeah, yeah that, that's... Uh, a nice component
2: i figured i'll I'll throw a shout out to nick morgan i know you guys did an interview with him in one of your podcasts he was actually the one who uh who encouraged me to build the feedback system again it's not a perfect feedback system but it's it's good enough i suppose
0: (laughs) oh well yeah it's not a perfect system but it is it is good like you can you can go ahead and you can see you know uh this guy's been a bad trader three times um you know i you get you get a general idea i think sure. most people have pretty positive experiences and I, I don't think people go down the whole level of the star system that that's av- available to them i think it's more like good you know generally good or generally bad but it lets you know that right. generally speaking and it gives you some recourse right and it publicly it, it holds accountability on nintendo age and that's important for a community right if you feel like there's no accountability within the community and you can't you know, you can just get away with things and people will try and take advantage. And, you know, there have been instances I know in Nintendo Age where those kind of people have come in, but uh, Nintendo Age has pretty much religiously hunted them out of the community.
2: Yeah, we have. And that's, that's also been a source of great pain for me on, on the private side of things in that, you know, I've been threatened legally, you know, three, four, five times every single year for our Hall of Shame, for example. And, you know, I've actually had to retain a lawyer because of it, but I really? I do it because I love this community and I love what we do and it's worth it to me. And you know what? Um, it's just the price you pay for being the policeman of the community. And I, I don't know, you know, how else to say it other than to say that, you know, I'm willing to take one for the team. <laughs> and I have. Yeah. <laughs> so.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I really feel like that for me, that was a uh, super important uh Aspect of it for me, just to feel confidence and trace. And, you know, I, you've seen, I've got like a, I don't know, 180 transactions, 150 transactions, uh, on Nintendo Age, yeah. since I've joined, uh, land that, you know, in Sega Age. So, it's been very useful for me, especially getting, you know, when you need something specific, and when you're, I'm a set collector, so when you're going for sets, or some, you need some weird items, you know, especially oh, yeah. variant land. You know, when you can put out, a, you know, a call to all of your other collectors and say, like, hey, does anybody have this weird, obscure thing? Like, I don't mind paying for it, just can you help me out here? Because on eBay, it may be, you know, six months before those kind of items show up again.
2: Very true. Yeah, a lot of times people won't list some of their their rarest items on eBay. They'll they'll let them go to other collectors first. And, uh, you know, I know that happens a little less nowadays, and it didn't pass, but... Um, I still see it happening here and
0: there. Okay, well, that leads me to an interesting question, Mike. Sure. How do you feel like Nintendo Age has evolved? I remember when it was much smaller. I wasn't there in the inception, but I remember when it was still smaller and, uh, you know, I, where I, I knew everybody's profile picture, even if they didn't have any idea who I was. I was like, okay, these are like five five guys I know uh, through their posts to what, what it is now. Like, I felt like before it was more collector-centric. Now I feel like... Uh, collecting has become more of a lifestyle for some people, and you see kind of uh, their other lives bleeding into it as more and more members come in. Do you feel like that's accurate?
2: I, I think that could be accurate, depending on on really how you look at it. I, you know, I, Nintendo Age has been a blessing and a curse for me personally. You know, a blessing in that I've met some of the greatest people I've ever known, and continue to be some, some of my greatest friendships. Um, a curse in that you know, it's a very time consuming. You know, site, it, you know, takes a lot of time to upkeep, like and whatnot, but over the years, I think it's grown, Um it has grown a little away from, you know, the, the hometown feel that it used to have. Um but I see it, you know, I see it wax and wane, you know, over time. Like, 2014, for example, was the busiest year of the site, and believe it or not, it's actually been getting much slower these days. So, I see this being sort of a cycle, and I think, over time, we're going to see, you know, who truly love the art of collecting, they're going to stick around, or they'll come back. And a lot of people have. So I I think it's just a cycle, and I, I think it's going to go, it's going to ebb and flow.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I know Kat and I have have discussed this, but do you feel like uh, sites like Instagram, for instance, like I, I've converted over uh, to Instagram for a lot for showing my collection, sure. Um, do you feel like things, these different avenues that people have um, to find games? Do you think that's kind of drawn people away, or do you think do you think there's less interest in collecting, or do you feel like people are just kind of uh, spreading themselves out a little bit?
2: I think you're touching on a really good point. You know, Instagram is obviously a, a really excellent platform for collecting, and you know, you're gonna it's gonna draw certain types of users to that. You know, the, the ease and simplicity of it, um, and the mobility of it. You know, you can do Instagram on any device, really, and it's simple to the point. There's not much to it, really. And so I, I think we're always going to compete with those types of services in a way. Um, but I don't. It doesn't really bother me. And the reason it doesn't really bother me is because even if twenty of my best friends are on Nintendo Age, I'm happy. I, you know, I, I I didn't build this site for it to get big. I didn't build the site for it to be popular. I built the site for me. And if in the end there's twenty people left on the site. I don't really care. I really don't. It's one of those things where I love collecting. I love Nintendo. You know, this is very personal for me. So, um, it's not to say we won't try to, to branch out in other areas. We will, but you know, this isn't a business for me. This is, this is a hobby. So, um, I think, I think what you said is true. A lot of people are going to those other platforms and there's not really much we can do about that. Um, we'll, we'll still be here and we'll be here for the people who prefer this platform. Over Instagram, um, and most people, frankly, use both or you know, or a combination right. of sites and tools. So, right. Um,
0: right. I was going to say, I, I don't think it's a, a this or that. It's more like an and and or. Right. Exactly.
2: Like, uh, I kind of know, look at it uh, as the, the more the more you know collecting communities there are. You know, they all help each other. You know, a lot of people for years thought that you know I was at war with Atari Age and, and digital press and all that stuff, but it, it couldn't be further from the truth. You know, I'm friends with Albert on Atari Age. And you know these these community we know each other. It's it's not it's not a competition. I think as we all succeed in drawing people that have like minds and you know common hobbies, I think the better for all the sites and platforms involved. Really
0: I would tend to agree with you. Yeah. I think right now uh on Instagram, you know, it's drawing out collectors that I don't think I uh, just wouldn't have been compatible with, like, the Nintendo Age uh, slash forum model of collecting. They just wouldn't have invested their personal time into it. But, you know, via Instagram, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, I kind of, you know, I kind of collect games and here's what I'm doing. And then I feel like that draws them deeper into the community. I don't think Nintendo Age is a, a replaceable source or forums in general because they're just not the same kind of knowledge transfer. Sure. And, and storage that happens on on something like Nintendo Age on Instagram, uh, you know, I I dumped you know a good two years of my of my art and soul over and uh, to Sega Age, you know, finding out about Sega and I I published it all there and I made sure it was available. That's not something I could have done via via Instagram sure. it just wasn't the right tool no you
1: yeah. couldn't have promoted yeah. that that kind of knowledge and and as elaborately on certain topics obviously on Instagram right you're going to hit a point where you have to post photo after photo after photo and hope that people are going to read them all
0: right and that's that's not you know uh you, that's considered spam on forums
2: yeah, well, I was looking at both of your guys' Instagram accounts, and I have to say, if those are both of your collections, you guys have some amazing collections.
1: <laughs> oh, thank you. Uh, yeah,
0: thanks. Uh, it's. I think the pictures are on Nintendo Age, too, but the, the way to show your collection on Nintendo Age is, is a lot harder, right? Because it's uh, several, several pages deep, and it's a lot harder to traverse.
2: Sure. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple different ways you can display it. You can actually you know, add pictures to the collection itself and make that public, or you can just post it on one of the, the forum threads. But yeah, I agree. You know, that that's a great example of where Instagram, you know, the strength of Instagram comes in. If you really want to show the visuals of your collection, that's really the platform to do it. So,
0: Yeah, Instagram is definitely a show me form. The guys on Nintendo H if you look at some of the old collection threads, that's like when you see some of the older members' collections and like the levels they were at. I mean, it's incredible. It's not like, you know, they were getting into the hobby when it was uh, a little less expensive. And they they just acquired some amazing, amazing things. Things you don't see every day, like on Instagram. I mean, you go through those old Nintendo Age studies, you're just like, wow, this is an amazing collection. I wonder if this person still still has any of that stuff. What, what happened to that collection? Uh, like you were saying, National Game Depot, right? Uh, I know his icon from Nintendo Age. Sure. Um, does he still post? Like, I know I saw some of his collection pictures, but I, I don't really see him post anymore.
2: He doesn't really post. Um, in fact, I don't think he collects anymore. But here's the beauty of of the history of the Nintendo age, is that Jason and I are still really good friends. And every year, we go to Paul's house for a, an annual camp. So I see him every single year. And he may not be buying and selling games actively. He still has a huge collection. But just the friendships we've built you know, have really made this whole thing worth it essentially so I, yeah i still talk to them every year
0: okay yeah I, you know i know there was just a thread on nintendo age about uh the where are they now and i was <laughs> looking at it i was like i was like oh those guys like you're asking about people from 2000 like 12 and 13 i'm thinking like <laughs> where are these guys from 2009 where are those guys
2: right well a lot of them are still around i still talk to a lot of the older collectors you know um, you know jason or DreamTR, you know those guys are always at the shows or you know we see him every time we go out to you know nashville um you know other other collectors like you know martin nielsen who started Nest World, you know he still posts occasionally he's around um still maintains nessworld.com so uh, and, and you know that was one of the original inspirations for nintendo age was that site so uh, you know i feel good to give him you know tip my hat off to martin um uh,
0: Okay, uh, let me let me clarify a point of confusion. I know I've personally been asked this: Nintendo Age, Atari Age, not not the same thing.
2: No, actually, it's not. Um, one of the early criticisms of of picking the name Nintendo Age was that it sounded just like Atari Age, but for Nintendo. And I
0: that doesn't sound like a bad thing. To well,
2: thing, so. I I my my very first visit to Atari Age, which I love Atari by the way, I said so this is an an amazing site. I absolutely love this site. It's I love the database. I love the search engine. I love the forums. I love everything about it. And so I thought to myself, "Wow, wouldn't it be cool if we had a Nintendo version just like this?" And so that's what I did. And it was yeah. really a compliment to Atari Age. I, I also found it a little ironic that some of the people in the Atari Age forums actually pointed out that Atari Age took the name from a magazine. So you know, who are they to talk? <laughs> so,
0: yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. no, I. I... I had some people ask me, they're like, "Is are they under the same umbrella?" I'm like, "I don't believe they are," and I, I you know, I believe, yeah, as you just stated, I, that was what I said. I think you, as um, kind of some someone who saw that as uh, a good base, said, "Wouldn't it be nice for Nintendo?"
2: And exactly. voila,
0: that was the truth. Yeah, I, I don't know why I, I don't know why they'd be upset by that.
2: It did, not you know, the the naysayers were very few on that. I think people once they saw the site open, they realized that, hey. This guy was serious. He really wanted to build a site that, that did it right, at least as right as I could. And, you know, had a searchable database of catalog games and had all the scans and all, you know, all the manuals and stuff like that that people could see. And once it came out, there, there, there really wasn't a lot of negativity regarding the site itself. I think everyone came to very quickly accept this as, Hey, we're the Nintendo brother of Atari age. And that's just how life is.
0: Right. Well, and once you know, once people realized that it wasn't just some attempt at a cash, and you weren't just capitalizing on something they had done, that you were putting a sincere effort behind it, uh, you know, I can see why all that would fall away pretty quickly. Sure. And I mean, and personally, for me, I I don't care about Atari much. I, I did start out with Atari as a young child, but you know, it doesn't hold any nostalgia sure. for me. No, no real sway. So you know, I, I was very pleased to see a a Nintendo version of that site come in. That's um, when I first started collecting uh, back in like 2006, 2007. I, when I was looking for things, I was like, where is there a place for me? Like, <laughs> cause I'm just by <laughs> myself. There's no, there's no like real retro game shops here. Like, where do I go? I want to buy these games. And it started because I walked into a, a, like a blockbuster, which had like a, a game crazy, or maybe it was Hollywood video or something that had one of these, like, old game stores attached within them, like that they just embedded inside of them, and they had some Nintendo games, and I was like, yeah, like, okay, this is cool, but obviously this is for somebody, like somebody did some market research and found out this was viable, so where are those people, and how do I find them and talk to them? And uh, thus I found Nintendo Age.
2: Well, you kind of just explained, you know, one of the reasons why I started it, that's exactly why. I'm like, where are all these people? I'm, I'm battling them out on eBay, Let's, you know, let's bring them all together.
0: Yeah, and I, I think you did a pretty good job of uh, assembling, you know, just a repository of knowledge, too. Like, the early Nintendo Age guys, they, you know, uh, just a lot of work, you know, put in. I was telling Cap before, there's just no there's no place to go to get that kind of level of knowledge that these guys have put in. Just big collectors who are passionate about it, who are in early, doing all the work that people who are just starting to collect, you know it's just knowledge for them but they have sure. no they have no concept of to find that out that somebody did a lot of work into that someone you know was putting in a lot of effort to get this to where it just seems like a ground ground level knowledge now that that was actually a lot of work just to get to that point where people think oh common knowledge not really at one point it was you know a bunch of disparate information uh, held by individuals
2: yep
1: but yeah, I think sometimes also, people take that for granted too. They see it all put together and they think, "Wow, that's cool. I can find it all." But they don't think about the work that goes into it.
2: Yeah, I, I, I definitely share that sentiment. I, I think you're right. I think people definitely do not appreciate the amount of work that goes into it. Some people do, and I get thanked, you know, pretty frequently for that, and that's that's nice. But you know, there's you know, the point. The truth of the matter is that the forums contain way more information than the database ever will, and it'll always be that way. So if you can't find something in the database, it's in the forums, and that's. Really, they kind of they supplement each other
0: I use the database uh you know quite a bit when I'm looking at things, but when i when I want a deep dive for knowledge i'm I'm trolling forum threads you know I'm using the the advanced search uh that's built in pretty frequently when i'm when I'm trying to dig out information on stuff because i'm always you know I'm all about finding finding anything you know that I feel like is is useful and then throwing it out to the community so they have it as well. All right, let me ask you about your collection now. Um, sure. what I mean, obviously you started Nintendo Age because you're a collector, so what do you collect? Tell us about your collection.:
2: Well, uh, I don't want to disappoint you when I say that I've actually been refocusing my collection, but I have i I used to collect uh, I used to be a completionist. I used to collect every single game for every single Nintendo platform as well as Sega platform, and not to mention my massive Atari 2600 collection as well. But I've, in the last two years, I've started refocusing back to the NES and just the NES. Uh It's really the main collection that, you know, got me started in all this. And, and I just came to the realization one day that all these other systems wasn't making me a happy collector. Focusing on NES has brought me back to that happy place, so... <laughs>
0: So when you say refocusing, are, I thought, do you have a complete set now, or are you, like... I going, do. Okay, so what, what are you still completing out of that? Are you, like, getting it down to the level of uh, correct inserts, baggies, screw variations? Like, how deep are you going?
2: Well, you know, that's really to be determined. Uh, you know, I I do go after some of the foreign sets, like the Asian version games, Hong Kong version games, some of the, you know, European exclusives and whatnot. Uh, but I find myself wanting some of the greatest titles in the greatest conditions that I can find them in. And so, you know, I, I'm not one of these people who really promotes or bashes on on graded collecting, but I, I do collect some of the higher-end games graded uh, just because I really want a pristine copy of these games. And so, you know, I'm just shifting some things around, trying to make some upgrades where I can and just sort of keep the, the collecting fire alive, if you will.
0: I know you had, uh, the last picture I saw of your collection was a few years ago. Mm -hmm. I think it was when you finished a complete either Game Boy Color or Game Boy set?
2: Yep. Uh, Both, actually. I had both. And I I had a complete N64 set, a 85% complete Super Nintendo set. Just about every Sega set was complete. Uh, So, yeah, I had had a lot of complete sets, actually, and uh, pretty close to... What you could almost consider a complete Atari 2600 set in that I was missing, you know, fewer than 20 games, they will say. <laughs> that's kind of a moving target.
0: Yeah, well, Atari is a lot harder to track Nintendo or, or Super Nintendo,
2: that's for sure. It's a lifelong so, process.
1: So with you refocusing kind of to NES, um, is that because you really love the console or just felt like that was a good direction to go to change things up?
2: It, I really love the console. I. I will be an NES lover till I die. That is that is the the platform that changed my life. So yeah,
1: that's fair. That's a that's a good pick. That's I, I think my favorite. So <laughs> I can sympathize.
2: Now from the collecting, well from the collecting point of view though, like I I love to collect Game Boy. Game Boy was my absolute most enjoyable platform to ever collect. And let me tell you what. If you ever want to try to go for a complete Game Boy set, that is really an exercise in patience and perseverance, essentially. (laughs) I don't know if either of you have come close on that one, but it's really rough. Uh,
0: I I have looked at it, and I decided um, that it, it would probably be the hardest Nintendo system to collect for. And it's something we've actually touched on on the podcast, where I've said, look, if you think collecting for Nintendo is hard, imagine a system that was essentially made directly like nintendo was for kids but game boy was really for kids and yeah. kids who were being mobile so if you were like collecting carts whatever i feel like you could probably do that like in a year if you really wanted to spend the money
2: oh but easily, if you were going
0: yeah. yeah if you wanted to do a box set of game boy good luck because those boxes were trashed and thrown away at, like at a level that not even nintendo boxes were thrown away like this is like i look at game boy and just go like i just don't even know well, How someone has the patience to do that's hard. One expensive.
2: The, oh, it's very expensive. Well, it's well now it is. Back when I did it, I think I, I finished the set for under uh, under ten thousand. So now that would be nearly impossible. <laughs> um, but what I think one of the other collections that you don't really hear a lot of people talking about as far as difficulty, believe it or not, is Game Boy Color, uh, or even Game Boy Advance for that matter. You know, you would think that they're really easy to complete those sets, but they're really not. There's there's about 10 games in the Game Boy Color that are absolutely brutal to find boxed. So, you know, I hear people, oh, yeah, you could complete a Game Boy Color set sealed. No problem. And my response to that would be, like, good luck.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I just actually started dabbling in Game Boy Color. So if you want to tell me what those 10 are, that would be great because uh... – Well,
2: yeah, Rhino Rumble is a really tough one. Um, okay. Yeah, that's one – there's there's a, a couple of hockey games, a couple of soccer games. Um
0: yeah, ISS-99, like an ISS-99, like ISS
2: like, good luck even yeah. finding a box of that one. So yeah. I, I would say Game Boy Color is a little bit easier than Game Boy, but not by much.
0: Really? Okay, that's really? interesting. Yeah, yeah because I, I hear a lot of people who kind of throw that out. Oh, Game Boy Color wouldn't be t- too bad. And you look at, uh, like, the general pricing information, and it doesn't look too bad. But then I was looking, like, what people were calling, uh, like, a rarity 8s and 9s and stuff. I was like, hmm. What about these three games? I'm not seeing any of these ever. So where are
2: they in, in a box? Exactly. Yeah, that's the. <laughs> yeah,
0: I, I just I you know I literally have just kind of put my toe in the water in that like got a few a uh, few of the uh, you know I would say well known titles that are kind of kind of expensive but you know not too bad like your Metal Gear and like Ninja Gaiden and stuff. So I, I just got like a few of those and I was like, how bad could this be? Because these seems like the expensive ones and then. I looked and I was like, oh, a lot more difficult than I originally anticipated.
2: Well, like Nicktoons Racing, I you can find tons of carts everywhere for that game. But it literally took me like five months to find a box for that game.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think mean, Game Gear is kind of in that same world. Right? Oh, like, yeah, you can, absolutely. You can find Game Gear games all day long unless you want them in a box. Then right. good luck.
2: Yeah, I think then, Mega Man was one of the last ones I got for the Game Gear. it you know, it's, it wasn't that hard to find, but I was being a little picky about condition on that particular title. But yeah, there's definitely some games, um, you know, for Game Gear that are brutally hard to find. Pete, Pete Sampras Tennis.
0: <laughs> yep. I, I fortunately have Pete Sampras Tennis. Yep. Um, I still don't have CJ the Elephant.
2: Yeah, that one I, I had, but it was completely trashed. I, and so I just had it as a filler copy and I never found another copy of it.
0: Yeah, I, I've, uh, I, I waver on what, what the hell to do with my Game Gear collection. Like, do I just, like, <laughs> say screw it and just, like, be happy with a card only collection or do I really commit to the, to a box on this? Cause I, oh. I have pretty much a, uh, a complete collection of Game Gear games, just card only. Um, I'm missing, like, two that are easily found. I just haven't gone and done it. But, uh, it's because I haven't decided on the boxes yet. Like, sure. am I gonna go or not? Cause I've got about 70 in box. And I've got some of the hard ones out of the way. Like I got well, Rise of the Ro- Rise of the Robots. I have. I have. That's a good one. Pete Sampras. I have Mega Man and stuff. You have so
2: Urban Strike yet?
0: No, no one has Urban Strike. There's only one three of them. Yeah, that that's like three of them.
2: Yeah, I that, I was that was the only that box, and there's I think one other box that I needed before I ended up. I actually ended up selling that set, but that was one of the boxes that I still needed.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, and I I know a lot of people have kind of uh, been. Uh, in frustration over like people who are collectors over a few of those specific titles, and I've dumped their collection since. They just said can't do it and yeah. just walked away from it.
2: Yeah, I think I only know two or three people with complete sets, and and there's a reason why but some of those games are awfully hard to find.
0: Yeah, well, and then you know, I, you mentioned Braveheart, but his collection of Game Gear games is is the one, like one of the most dedicated, ridiculous collections I've ever seen on any system.
2: Well, most of them are sealed.
0: Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. His collection is ridiculous, and he's someone I would love to kind of bring on and have him talk about Game Gear, even though, you know, he's got uh, a really good collection outside of just Game Gear, too. Um, but his Game Gear collection, I think, is the most impressive thing he has.
2: Yeah, it's, well, that in his black box set. You know, he has, you know, duplicates, triplicates of some of the rarest games and some of the best conditions you'll ever find.
0: Oh, well, yeah, all all the variants.
2: Yeah.
0: Have Have you been, I I know you're friends with have you have you got to see it in person?
2: Nope, I have not, and I would love to.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I was like, man, I would love to just walk through. Like, There's people who, who I look at their collection and I'm like, I just would like to go inside their house for like a few hours and just look at things. And he's yeah. one of them. He's on my list.
2: I think I also came to the realization that you know I would never have the kind of collection that some of these other guys have. And, and despite the fact that I own Nintendo Age, and, and I sort of feel compelled to have a nice collection, I think I, you know, I came to the realization that I just want to focus on NES. That's what really makes me happy. You know, I have some really rare stuff for NES, so um, I don't think I'll ever have the kind of collections that some of these other people have, just because, you know, I also have two children and you know, I have to think about paying for their college and other things. So.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, you mean you just don't want to drop like 10k and like 5k on games when when your children's future is at stake?
2: Well, I did just buy a sealed Chubby Cherub this week, so I can't say I don't buy any expensive games. But um,
0: <laughs> so, how, how, how clean is that Chubby Cherub?
2: It's gorgeous. It's gorgeous.
0: Like, how did you even find a sealed one? Because that one, when I was uh, working on the nest set, was uh, kind of a bane of my existence.
2: Well, you, were min- you mentioned a little while ago that some collectors eventually get out of the game. And I, I don't know if you remember the collector. Her, her name is Rare Gamer Girl. Yeah. She, uh, she owns several game stores, uh, in Ohio and she's, she's kind of been in the background of the scene for a lot of years and she's always been a good friend of mine. And, uh, we, we touched base recently and I, I saw that she listed one on eBay uh, and I contacted her and said, Hey, you know, what's it going to take to get that game? <laughs> so yeah. we, it was a lot, but I got it. And, uh, so I, I think I am going to have that one slabbed at VGA just to uh, protect it.
0: Nice. How many uh, how many games do you have that are graded for NES?
2: For NES, let me think. Probably about 150.
1: Wow. That's, that's a lot. Funny.
2: Yeah, that, that was,
0: that's very impressive.
2: Um, yeah, I've got, I don't know, uh, I don't have an exact count in front of me, but yeah, there's quite a few now. But I, I haven't really been actively pursuing them. I just kind of pick them up where... I, I see a good deal, or it's it's a a solid title that I really want to own, and I just splurge, you know. Like uh I picked up a Family Fun Fitness Athletic World sealed a couple years ago, and right now I'm kind of going for my Bondi set, so just about done.
0: Nice. What is your favorite piece in your collection?
2: I knew you were going to ask me that. <laughs>
0: no, man, you don't. You don't have to limit it to one. I, people, I, I, it's one of my least favorite questions, actually, because you're like, "How do I? Well, I can't. I can't pick one. There's one, yeah. a bunch of things I
2: love."
1: Maybe well, go I'm, for your top few. <laughs> let's
2: let, let's let's go with the. We'll go with the uh, metaphorical stance on this first, and then I'll go with the physical stance. Metaphorically speaking, it's the one game that I'm waiting for in the mail. That's always my favorite game because as soon as it shows up, I'm like a kid in a candy store. I open it up, and like, ah, this is so awesome. This is why I collect this feeling when you open that box and you see that game and you're just like, "Damn, I love this!" You know?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's it's literally Christmas every mail call.
2: It's exactly so. That's my favorite game, but you know, physically speaking, uh, I have to say Stadium Events. You know, because I it's been my white whale up until about a year ago. I finally got a copy of it. It cost me dearly not in, not in money. It cost me dearly in collecting. I literally traded my Atari 2600 collection for stadium events. Um, yeah. He also added some some money to the deal, but it, did, you know, it was not a good deal for me by any stretch. <laughs> but it was the only way I could find to actually get the game without literally spending any money. And so uh, I'm just happy to finally have a complete NES set, which I've not had in literally the 15 years I've collected or actually yeah. it's 17 years now.
1: Yeah,
0: I know cat can sympathize. 676, right?
1: Yeah, I feel like it's going to stay that way.
0: <laughs> yeah, and is I'm that's... at uh yeah. I'm at
2: 675. Which which two are you missing?
0: <laughs> Battleship and stadium events.
2: Oh, wow. Yeah, is that just by choice? I mean, come on.
0: <laughs> well, <What>? <laughs> uh <laughs> I I don't I was going through my boxes like uh, when I was like okay I think I'm done except for stadium oh,
2: events okay.
0: and I was going through my boxes and I have a box and a manual but no no card in there and now and that have found that out back in like October and I've just been like though I've spent a couple thousand dollars probably on gaming since I just haven't spent the ten dollars on a battleship yet.
2: So now what you should do is you should make it a symbolic acquisition. So as soon as you have a stadium event, then you can get a battleship.
0: Uh yeah, I think I like that as an idea. I, I have like there's been plenty of opportunities. Like the thing I told myself too is I'm not gonna buy a battleship. Like I won't buy it on eBay. I will wait until I find it either in the wild.
2: Uh oh, you know,
0: sure. or you know, like I'm gonna be somewhere. I'm not actively gonna look, but if it comes to me then it was meant to be, then I was meant to have battleship.
2: Nice. So That's yeah, fair. Unless,
0: unless battleship presents itself to me, I probably won't buy it. I mean, unless I get a stadium event, then it's going to be like, okay, let, like get serious.
1: Like, okay, battleship. well, if you get a stadium events, just buy the $10 battleship.
0: Right. Like, I figure at that point, I, I don't want to say, oh, yeah, 676. I'm like, oh, stadium events? Like, no, battleship.
1: But how like, funny no. would it be to be like, I have 676 games, and people are going to be like, oh, you're missing stadium events. And you'll be like, nope, I'm missing battleship.
0: No. <laughs> yeah. No, Battleship, yeah. I'm, it's uncommon, but, uh, you know, I've just had a real difficulty finding.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: so uh, what what is your stance on the um, – because I know some people get pretty verbal on uh, the either 676 or the number that includes, uh, you know, all of the unlicensed. Are you unlicensed or are you licensed or both? It doesn't matter. Do you, do you just love uh, Ness so you want it all?
2: I'm going to give you the, the politician's response. Okay. Okay. The politician's response to that question, which I, I've answered this question a lot of times over the years, is whatever makes you happy as a collector is how many games there are in that set. So if you collect licensed games, then there's only six seventy whatever. <laughs> or sorry, I see, I don't have all the numbers memorized. Six seventy seven. Thank go. you. Uh, and yes. if you're an unlicensed collector, you're going to have the unlicensed games. And then if you are an unlicensed collector, then you have to decide, well, does Cheetah in 2 count, Does Myriad 6 and 1 count, you know. There's all these things that if you really want to get technical, you can get technical. You can go to whatever level of detail that you want. But at the end of the day, only you are going to decide when you think your collection is complete. But what I've found over the years is that it's never going to be complete. And what I mean by that is that Collectors are typically trying to fill a void. That's why we collect. There's something missing in our lives, and so we find respite in the process of collecting. It's, it's, it's literally that simple to me, at least. So, yeah, it's fun and everything, but you, you really you have to step back and say, well, why do I collect? What is the purpose of gathering all this stuff? And for me, it's always been, well, because there's been something else missing in my life, and I'm trying to fill that void. Now, I know that sounds a little corny, but I think it's fairly true. So.
0: I don't find that corny at all. I think that makes a lot of sense. And uh, when I started my blog a while ago, like one of the first things I said was, you know, clearly I had some issues in my childhood where I didn't like, I didn't work through all of those, and then somehow collecting became part of uh, part of that element, where rather than you know any other kind of uh, addiction one could fall into. Like, I was like, I enjoyed the process and the feeling of, uh, of getting games. And, you know, and I advised people in my blog to, you know, be careful about putting too much emotional store in collecting. Uh, cause, you know, it, it can become an addiction or it can become a substitute like any other, uh, unhealthy habit can be. try to, try to find focus in your life, uh, outside of that and try and relegate it to the realm of hobby where it doesn't need to be your end-all and be-all. Uh, clearly, I've not done a great job with that. I started a, a podcast with Kat here and wanted to talk about it more. Cause, but I do enjoy it. I feel like I have a, a pretty healthy and stable life from where everything came from. But there was definitely, a, you know, part of that came out of a, a less sunny side, we'll say, um, sure. how I got into it.
1: And I'm kind of on the opposite side. The reason I collect is because John and I do it together, and it's something that we've done together since we both started collecting. So it's kind of cool because what I love about collecting is it's awesome to walk into the video game room and there's lots of stuff, but what I like is the actually hunting for games together and going in and being like, oh, I remember when we found that. That's what, to me, that's why I want to keep collecting because I like the memories it creates.
0: And for Daniel who doesn't know, John is her husband. Oh, yes.
1: Sorry. <laughs>
2: Oh, okay, I got you. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. I'm like, can can be some confusion because we're a John and a Johnny.
1: Yes. Not to make like confusing or anything because, you know, we want to do that.
0: Let's keep it simple. Let's have the exact same name. Yeah,
1: yeah, no, so, no yeah,
2: problem. You know, so I, I think when you, when you finally get over whatever it is you're searching for and when you start collecting, you know, some people make it past that hump, some people don't. That's why you see people just drop out of the community just instantly. And unfortunately, tragically, sometimes. And so, I think people who finally have an awakening to what's really going on in their lives, and then they, they turn around and they, they see this collection behind them, they say, "You know what? This is actually kind of fun too." And that's kind of where I'm at, and that's what it sounds like where you guys are at as well. You you come to the realization, like, "Hey, this is actually a lot of fun too." And as long as I can keep this in a maintainable way to where it doesn't you know affect other areas of my life, hey, so be it. It's, it's you know, you can keep on doing it as long as you want to, as long as it doesn't become destructive in other ways.
0: Oh, yeah, I'm completely compartmentalized this area. This is literally, for me, just a hobby, something I enjoy now, something I can engage other people with and talk to, uh, you know, and Instagram uh, reminded me of uh, of that, like, oh, man, there's a, a whole new crop of collectors, uh, and you get to see them, like, I, I get to see people starting out now a lot in their collections. I, I find that's interesting. Nintendo Age... Um, you can look like one of my favorite threads was uh, the introduction thread at Nintendo age, just because every time a new collector would come in, I just would like to see where they were coming from. And that's uh, why we like to talk to people uh, who like yourself, like see where these new collectors are coming from, old collectors, and just hear about their journey and how they, how they got here. I um, guess that's for me is now my, my favorite part. I mean, I still very much like getting the games and stuff too, but you know what? I'm definitely on the backslide of my collection. I've got almost everything I want. I'm still just working out like the last hundred or so Super Nintendo games, and then, you know, I don't really have much to go from there. Then it's just like, oh, what do I think is cool or fun or you know, funny
2: to have?
1: Yeah, I think that's that's a good way to do it, though.
2: Yeah, I I agree. I, I think. Sorry. Go ahead.
1: No, I just I think it should be something that is in balance. It doesn't take over, like you guys said, but it's something, and the main thing is I think we're collecting and it being from a point that it's fun and enjoyable, I think that's the best way to have it.
2: Yeah, I definitely agree. I, I think if you're not having fun doing it, you really shouldn't do it. <laughs> and so, yeah,
0: you should start questioning your motives. Why are you collecting? And then you should look at
2: yourself.
1: Yeah, it what, can be one an expensive we- uh, habit. <laughs>
2: Oh, very expensive. And what you know, one of the things you know, you'll see occasionally on the forums, or or you're talking to me in public at, at one of these shows, is that you know when I see people get way too serious about this, I, I'll try to I'll try to joke about it. You know, like go play contra. You know, stop taking this so seriously. Just have fun with it. Because if you're not having fun, then what's the point? And some people really get very bent out of shape in this hobby, and it, it's unfortunate, but it's also to be expected. It's with any hobby there's going to be people who come in and only do this as an investment or only do it for whatever reason that may be. But I think as long as you recognize that and either accept it and deal with it or, you know, just move on.
0: Kat, any, any roundup questions on, on Nintendo age or anything personal for Dan you'd like to throw at him?
1: No, I think it was just interesting to hear about the whole process and kind of where your collections focused and, and how you kind of refocus. Cause I think that's interesting. I think we always, kind of start out with one thing I know I've made some cl- changes in the way I collect. So I think it's always interesting. I just like hearing somebody's story of of how they've collected and why they collect the way they do.
0: Yeah, I, and I concur. It was uh it was great to have you on, but we like to close the podcast with with two questions and you may have just answered one of them, but let's what have you bought lately? <laughs>
2: Well yeah, as I mentioned I, I bought a sealed chubby cherub. But even before that I've actually picked up several uh graded black box games that I really consider showpieces in my collection and I'm I'm really, really happy to finally have some of those in, in a condition that I really enjoy. Nice. Uh
0: what what's the highest graded one of them?
2: Uh one of them is a uncirculated ninety plus. Which game? It's not a really rare one, it's pinball, but hey, it'll start somewhere.
0: Uh you're talking to somebody <laughs> who who loves pinball. I love I love all pinball, virtual pinball,
2: uh nice.
0: you know real pinball. You know, as a kid I one of the first games I got for uh the NES was actually pinball. So, yeah, I love pinball. And it started actually with that NES pinball that I got uh when I first got my Nintendo. Nice. So, yeah. I think that's a good one. Cat, what about you? What have you bought lately?
1: Um, it's not been anything really exciting. some you know very common n sixty four games and Castlevania legends for Game Boy, just the cart and the box and stuff will come. <laughs> yeah,
0: I see. yeah, that's a hard one to to complete,
1: yeah, and you know what? if it doesn't end up completed that that's all right there there are other things. What about you, Johnny? What have you bought?
0: Uh, I just about a week ago, I bought Star fox competition cart, so that was pretty cool oh, nice. uh, you know I had mentally had that game wrapped up for like a year, but I had a friend who, it was in his, he's not a collector, but he's a gamer, but it was, you know, a piece of his childhood and he was a little reluctant to let it go. But he said when he did, and he knew he would, that it would come my way. So uh that finally happened and I'm super appreciative of it and I got to put that in the collection. That's that's the big one. That and I got uh, Wildcats for the Super Nintendo as well. Complete.
1: Well, so you've had you know, a good week.
0: Oh yeah, you know, 2016 has been pretty awesome for me. Actually, I've got a lot of good stuff uh, as as discussed on the show. It's been uh I the year can't actually keep going like this. I will I would be broke. I would uh, default on my mortgage if it did.
1: <laughs> if it keeps going <laughs> like this, you might end up with the stadium events.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, you know. Maybe we'll, we'll see. I don't know if I ever need a stadium events. We've talked about that, but we'll oh, see. I- may- <laughs> may- maybe at the very end. Uh, and now we also ask, uh, what are you playing? So we'll go with Kat. Kat, what have you played lately? Anything?
1: I finally got Paper Jam. I'm like so incredibly behind. I'm not very far into it, but that is my plan for the rest of the day.
0: <laughs> paper Jam. And Dane, are you playing anything or you no time to play games right now?
2: I, I play games all the time. I, I play a lot of games on Steam. So I would have to say right now, uh, I've been really enjoying playing through all the Serious Sam. Uh, first-person shooters—a lot of fun.
0: Nice. Okay, so you're, uh, you're of the mind that modern games are okay once in a while. You're not like, if you are playing an Xbox or on Steam, you're an idiot. and You're not of that that mindset.
2: Uh, I am a little bit. Uh, okay. You know, um, some modern games with too many intros and cutscenes, I am not a fan of those at all. And in fact, if if the game starts an intro that's more than about 20 seconds, I will literally turn it off. I just cannot stand. <laughs> so. Uh,
0: okay, so you're. So are you, let, let me ask then, because I, I feel like a lot of the divide can be summarized into uh, some people aren't looking for that narrative of an experience in their game.
2: I want to play. I don't want to be told how to play or what to play. I don't want them to explain it to me. I want to you know, throw me in the fire, throw me in the devil's den and let me go. That's what I want to do.
0: Okay, did you did you ever play RPGs Were you an RPG person at all?
2: Actually no, I I'm more of a more of a first-person shooter, real-time strategy, um
0: action, more action oriented. And
2: puzzle games of course. I I that's probably my favorite actually. Portal 2, for example, loved it.
0: Yeah, Portal 2 is one of my favorite games of all time
2: actually. Yes. I love Portal 2 a lot. Super Metroid is my one of my favorite games of all time as well. So.
0: Uh, it's also one of my favorite games. In fact, it's uh it's up on the list, uh, and Metroid is one of my favorite series of all time. I just replayed through Metroid Fusion and uh, Zero Mission.
2: Oh, those are I, great yeah. games.
0: I love Zero Mission so much, I can't even tell you.
2: I, I, like I a, love both of them.
0: <laughs> yeah, Zero Mission is up there with Super Metroid for me. It, it competes for the top spot.
2: Yeah, yeah, so, fantastic.
0: Yeah, uh, if you have a Wii U, it was just released, and it was nice to be able to play it on a on a big TV.
2: Oh, nice. Was, uh, yeah, so $7.00. Excellent.
0: Okay, so that's what we've been playing. I, I do have one last question for you. Um, maybe you can clarify, too. I know this is a source of some small irritation for people. The uh, the uh, the Nintendo Age icon in the corner, can you shut that off?
2: Uh, in the corner?
0: Yeah, you know, uh, the guy with the key, the guy, uh, you know, the Nintendo Age mascot in the corner. It, it's more of a joke because I, I saw, like, three or four threads where where people get upset.
2: I said, you must be on the vintage site.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking more of uh, the classic <laughs> site. But no, I, I just would remember like seeing threads about like, I hate this icon. How do I get rid of it? And it's like a really super simple option.
2: This speaks to my stubbornness that I explained earlier about how I do everything for whatever I want it to look like. And for years, I kept it on there just to piss people off. So uh, I'm like, you know what? Screw you. You don't like the guy in the corner? Go somewhere else. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, I I brought it up mainly mainly as a joke.
2: I know, I know. That's good stuff.
0: Yeah, I was like, this one's a throwback to uh, some.
2: Yeah, you, you took me off guard there. I'm like, wait a second, we got rid of the guy. Like, what do you?
0: You know, I actually didn't realize that. So. All
2: right. Yeah, and that's before we we converted the site into more of a responsive site. And so now, you know, trying to be a little better with, you know, mobile devices and whatnot.
0: Okay, I think that wraps it up for us. Thank you very much for coming on. If you have anything you would like to uh, mention about any of the sites, anything you're working on, uh, please feel free.
2: Uh, you know, I think we've covered a lot today, and uh, you know, I just thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk with you guys today, and I had a great time. And let's come and check out the sites if you've never been there before, and uh, we'll welcome you like we do everyone else. So.
0: Awesome. And uh, are you on Instagram at all yet?
2: I. <laughs> I am actually not on Instagram.
0: You should throw yourself on Instagram. That
2: way we can... I, well, I, uh, I, say, you I am not. I am not on Instagram in a uh, public capacity.
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, you should throw up uh, a Nintendo Age Instagram page and then uh, let some of the moderators feature some of that stuff.
2: Because yeah, I probably should. S-
0: sometimes, uh, the, you know, there's some awesome, like, pictures that wind up being shown on Nintendo Age or, like, uh, you know, someone finds something interesting in that... Uh, still goes up on the site, and I think Instagram community would take to that. Plus, I know there's now an Instagram thread on Nintendo age uh, where where the list is growing of uh, members who are now floating around on both. Yep, I think it's up to like 60 or so, so it's pretty good. All right, thanks again for joining us, Dane, and we'll talk to everyone next time.